All right, guys, welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This is episode 179 uh, with Maggie Guterell. Um Dude, I'm super pumped. Uh, I brought Phil Pinty on because uh, Maggie is from uh, the East Coast and she's ran a couple races with Phil. Um, so, uh, Phil, dude, I love when you're my co-host, my friend. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chris Ward. Happy, uh, happy New Year. Yeah, dude. So give me this really quick. We're going to try to keep the intro under like five minutes. So give us kind of like, what is it about Maggie that is so inspiring, not just to you, but to me and to many, many, many other ultra runners? Oh man, I got to keep it under five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No. So, um, I actually stumbled upon a video called, uh, the rise of Magatron, which is on the YouTube and um it was uh it was during like 2016 which uh as we have discussed before was a very adverse year uh for myself but um it was before i had ever run uh an ultra run i'd done some running before that but i've never done an ultra run and i just absolutely became um enthralled with with this video and what maggie was doing and how she was training and her thoughts on the sport of ultra running and how she planned to attack it. And I, you know, you watch that video now in uh, 2020 coming off of the year that Maggie had last year in 2019 with uh, being the champion of uh, Biggs backyard ultra with 250 miles. And it, it just goes to show that like she was in that mindset. She's been in that mindset for years, you know, and I, I just draw so much inspiration for, from her. And it's, it's not about, it's not necessarily about being a woman in ultra running or whatever. It's just about being, having the cards kind of stacked against you and having to overcome adversity and trials and tribulations and all those things. Yeah. And, um, anyway, so long story short, uh, there's a group in Reading, Pennsylvania called pretzel city sports, and they put on a multitude of races throughout the year. And, um, I, I had the opportunity on a, a few occasions to share the trails with Maggie herself. And is just such a, a down-to-earth, humble human being. And um, it doesn't matter what pace you are or whatever. Like, she's just willing to, like, share stories with you and just be awesome on the trail and everything. And um, there's an event called the Labor Pain Ultra, which is pretty much – it draws parallels to Big's Backyard Ultra, but is not, is not the same. But it's a, a 12-hour endurance run, a five-mile looped course. And uh, I believe it was summer of like 2018, uh, her and I shared the trails on like the back end of that race. And, you know, when you know you're only a part of maybe 20 people still out in the trail and you're running with or among or along uh, Maggie Guterall, it just gives you a little extra oomph. So uh, anyway, that, that's pretty much just feel. I mean, I've, I've been looking up to her for a, a great while and I, I feel it's just such a great honor to have the opportunity to speak with her. Yeah, man. Well, it's, it's funny you sent me the Rise of Magatron. I was watching it, um, and my my kids were were kind of like in and out of the room playing and stuff. And my daughter Harper goes, "Dad, are you watching Star Wars?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, no, but Star Wars might have stole their name, Rise of Skywalker, from Rise of Magatron." But that's very true, man. <laughs> it got me thinking about like the hero's journey, you know, which is like you know, where he based writing Star Wars off of, you know? And mm-hmm. I, so I got to look at, the, yeah. I was looking at the hero's journey and it was talking about like the call to adventure, which I feel like we all have. Um, but specifically with Maggie and possibly heading back to the Barkley marathons, you know, after the Biggs backyard ultra, um, there's this whole, like the return, right? Like you return to this challenge and that's kind of where the hero the like the climax of being a hero you know and i think that's Mm -hmm. why that's one of the reasons why over this last year we're all rooting for maggie for all the reasons you just said too i mean like when you see someone and they're so humble and they're so kind um you just automatically root for them but then to see them like step up to these epic challenges where you know will will they be able to accomplish it's it's in question because it's so incredibly difficult 
and it makes you just root for someone. So I think that's, that's where I'm at with Maggie. Like it's what she's taking on is so difficult. And the spirit that she takes these challenges on with is, is really something to draw inspiration from. Absolutely, man. There, there's a, there's a quote I have not done my uh, due diligence to look up the, uh, the author, but, uh, there is a quote that says winning solves everything. And I think to truly um, understand the hero's journey or one where someone has come from or where they're going, you kind of have to go back to the start. And I, I think it's just so commendable. And um, Maggie, if you have not seen the rise of Megatron, I, I uh, encourage you to, to check it out. But Maggie has shared so much of herself and so much of her personal journey with with a lot of people. And um, I just I find tremendous inspiration from that. And everything Maggie has done has led her to where she is. You know, like people don't just fall into opportunities. You have to go out there. You have to be willing to overcome and adapt. And um, I just this is awesome, dude. Like just the opportunity to have to speak with her and to uh, to be on the cast with you is amazing. And I'm incredibly thankful for that. And I'm just looking forward to, to speaking with her. So sweet, man. Well, let's, let's jump right into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 179 with Maggie Guderell. When I was uh, kind of researching you a little bit, Phil sent me the Rise of Magatron movie on YouTube. <laughs> and so I got to ask, like, you're named after a robot. So, like, where did that nickname come from? Um, well, one of my friends, Colleen, came up with that name. She wasn't really a runner. I didn't have really too many runner friends at the time. Like, um, And then, I don't know, just stuck. And then I started using it for my little handle because my friend was like, oh, you got to get on Instagram and you got to have a whatever blog and all this stuff because he was trying to help me like, I don't know, get like different ambassador program things. And I was like, whatever. So I just did what he told me. And um, so I used the name Magatron. And so now I'm stuck with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Phil, what was your best nickname? What was my best nickname? Yeah. Did you ever have a nickname? I have lots of nicknames. <laughs> no, I want to actually go back to what you what you just asked. And um, I, I don't want to put any onus on Maggie or anything like that. But I owe a lot of Macho Man Runneth and all of my running adventures and stuff in some part to Maggie. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just extremely honored. I mean, the fact that we're, we're talking to you right now. Um, I, I think the Rise of the Magatron dropped on... Uh, YouTube around like September 2016 and um, during that time you know I I personally was going through a rough time and everything like that and I just thought that whole video was put together so eloquently and really you know I'm going through this rough time and I'm trying to rationalize what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and all those things and um, just the little blurbs and the little interviews with you and, and just hearing kind of a little part of what goes to your backstory. Um, really, I found that really, really inspiring and everything. And um, yeah, so I mean, my best nickname, I guess, would probably be Macho Man. But I, I have had a few in the past. So, yeah. Nice, man. Yeah, I, I felt super proud to know you. And I think, well, I don't know if you knew... I might have talked to you once or something, but I think we went both went to the Where Dreams Go to Die uh, Ginger Runner movie premiere in D.C. And yeah. you got picked to be a microphone runner. And I was like, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and talk about so stoic. Before, oh. You were very stoic and serious when you would pass that microphone <laughs> throughout the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> you like didn't crack a smile or anything the whole time. It was pretty, pretty great. And I was like... I feel like people don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't understand what was happening right then. Did anyone did anyone get so intimidated by Phil they just started like crying when he passed the microphone? <laughs> this guy is coming at them with the microphone, like shoving it in their face. You better ask a good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, actually, like before before that, I think um, we both ran um, like the Pretzel City Sports, like Double Trouble at French Creek State Park. Yeah, one of those. I mix and, them all uh, the, up. <laughs> yeah, the thing with uh, like the Pretzel City, you know, I, I think I ran into you there a few times, but uh, <laughs> just a great organization and stuff out of uh, Reading, Pennsylvania and everything. But they do a thing where they offer a Clydesdale Award. For go- this is what for we were just talking about before you got on. Yeah. <laughs> Describe yeah, Clydesdales, so I, I Phil. There, I would go there and feel all special and stuff to win some sort of, like, Clydesdale award. And it, it just kept me, like, really motivated and interested in coming back and everything. But, yeah, so. Yeah, Clydesdale is, like, um, it's, like, a category of, like, a percentage or something of weight per height or something. Like, I forget what the calculation mm. is. But, you know, you're pretty – fast for a stocky dude that actually has muscle on you as opposed to racing like the scrawny uh, i don't know 115 pound michael dagans that <laughs> that like destroy the course and like yeah. i was telling chris like a lot of people don't know to sign up for that um and like a lot of women won't sign up for it so eula you know eula with a little the pup uh, t- uh theodore um, the little Dijon freeze, you know, Helene's really good friend, my good friend. She'll always sign up for the female version and she always wins like that. So people just need to know about it. Um, but I don't think anyone's going to beat you, Phil. You, <laughs> you're probably the most winningest, winningest uh, Clydesdale in the Pretzel City sports history. <laughs> wow, that's why well, I'm blushing right now. <laughs> 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 no, I, I mean, I, I understand it's a hard thing for some to um, embrace, but, you know, I'm, I'm a bigger guy and I'm not I'm not built like a runner or anything. But I would just say, like, I, that's what I f- find so special, like at these Pretzel City races and stuff. And, um, you know, also not to just go down our, our, our list of uh, meetings at, at Pretzel City races, but there was a labor pain a few years back. Like, I think it was last summer. And um, I ran into you like on the later loops. And the thing that's really special about those those looping races is as time goes on, more and more people drop. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was just such an honor to like sh- be sharing the course when there's only maybe 20 or 30 people still left out there. And you, you're in a sense, you know, I know I'm I'm over in inflating this, but when you're still on the course running with Maggie Guterall. So it was a really special, <laughs> special time. Well, people, it just shows, like, you know, pe- people, uh, they hit, like, uh, I think a lot of people go, there. that's what's so great about the races, is, like, it's, it's, like, challenging for someone, like, you know, who wants to stay on the course the whole time, or just someone who wants to get their first half marathon, or full marathon, and, I mean, you got, what, 12 hours to do it, so, you know, right, like Phil said, towards the end is pretty thin, because you just have people trying to go for the actual 12-hour and so, yeah, you start seeing, like, the same 10 people, and then, you know, you feel like you're like, okay, and it got really humid that day. That was rough. Yeah. I mean, it was so freaking muddy. My feet have never looked that bad in my life. Um, and it was so humid. I mean, I had chafing, like, which I don't usually have chafing. I just I had an outline of everything I was wearing, so, like, a tank top outline, sports bra outline, shorts. And when I got in the shower, I was like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it turned really ugly. So then you just, like, form this, like, bond or connection with the people that are still out there doing that. And then, like, Lou D'Onofrio, he went out. He he had to run, like, some ridiculous pace to make the 62 miles. So yeah. he tried to go out. He missed it. But he made a valiant effort. It was, like, at the end. And they're like, he went out, and he's not going to make it. But, like, mm-hmm. he tried. So I don't know, just like cool shit like that, <laughs> that like, you know, and it, it, that's just such a great race. I really hope I can get back to it this year, so the, maybe. Yeah. So the, the question I have is like, I don't, I don't want this to occupy too much more time, but like that labor pain-esque race, how, do, how does that compare to kind of like a Biggs backyard? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a totally different strategy just because you keep going as fast as you can. Um, for 12 hours. So I'm just, and the laps are, yeah, the laps are five miles. So, I mean, um, you know, they weren't all done under an hour, but, and it's, you know, but it's possible to do it under an hour. Um, but Biggs is more, 
it's less challenging than that loop. So, you know, it's more of just like this controlled routine that you get into. Whereas labor pain, you're just trying to like run as fast as you can for 12 hours. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's a similar, it's a similar vibe. Cause you have, like you said, the loops. When did you start? Like when you first started uh, trail running, like what kind of races were you taking on? Like when did you actually start these like looped timed races? Because I've never tried one, but they're starting to like, like the way you just described it where you're like, yeah, you just go out. Everyone has their own goal and they, they're trying to accomplish it. And that sounds really cool to me. Yeah. Well, that was my, my very first ultra was, uh, the 20 and 24 in Philly that doesn't exist anymore, but it's the eight and a half mile Kelly drive loop, you know, in in the middle of July in Philly. So (laughs) that poses its own problems for experienced to newbies, like how to deal with, 100 degree heat and 100% humidity but um but that loop I don't know I mean that was just I picked that race not because I like thought loop sounded really great I just didn't know of any other races that existed um and um yeah it's just like a different mindset some people hate loops and like don't they want a point to point or they want like an end goal or if some people have trouble with loops because it's too easy to quit because you could be like feeling crappy and you're already back where you started. So you could just pack up and go home. Um, so there's like that whole mental thing kind of added to it. Um, it's just like a different approach, I guess. Yeah. How do you approach like the mental quote unquote, like boredom, I guess, because you know, like you just said, people quit cause they're like, Oh, here I am. I'm, I'm at the same point where I've been five other times. Um, yeah, I mean, with big loops, it's less. It's 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 not as boring because you kind of break it down, and you're like, oh, here's that spot, and you kind of break the loop down into little sections. But when you're doing like, um, well, like a bigs where it's like the same, or like the road loop. Um, I mean, if you're allowed music, I do music. That's I enjoy like just running and listening to music. That definitely helps. So like, part of my preparation for a race will be like getting my fresh playlists like ready and stuff that I really want to listen to. Um, but then like I haven't figured out the whole track part yet because I've done two track 24 hours. Um, but I haven't ever stayed on for 24 hours and, um, usually like, like my, that takes a toll on my hips. So that's something I have to figure out, but that's really boring. Um, a quarter mile track where you just see every, you see, nothing really different you're like oh there's that signpost and here's the other side of the track and like that's it (laughs) and you can see everyone the whole time so that's kind of hard um but they're an advantage for other reasons like if people are going for records or like a real high number i guess it's like a uh less wasted distance and it's just so controlled so i don't know yeah i've ran around the track for an hour like two or three times and i'm like this is torture i know yeah i've like (laughs) my brother lives in portland and there's a little track by his house and i've gone on a little run and i was like oh maybe i'll just do like you know come and do a workout around here and i'd make it around like a mile or two and i'm like no yeah yeah (laughs) i used to call it um because i had a track a high school track by my house and i used to call it do something you hate tuesdays because i'm like tuesdays suck anyways like there's you can't even complain about Tuesdays because it's not Monday, you know? So yeah. I'm like, let's just do something we hate and like embrace it on Tuesday. And I'll go down the track, but even that, I'm like, dude, it's I hate it too much. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. There's like athletes that just mainly train on the track. Like, I mean, the sprinters and the people do the mile, the 400 meter, the 800 meter. Um I guess they think it's probably super boring to do, although they probably run long distances. I'm sure they do off, you know, like a long run. But um, I guess it's whatever your mindset is, you know, we're used to like running through the woods, I guess. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, you go to a track, it's just you have to really switch gears. (laughs) Yeah. So do you prefer like the big like Western States-esque through the mountains and through the woods or do you prefer – like the looped courses, but when they're like four or five miles long? Um, I like both. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just like, I like bigs because of 
right? Like the community and, and the challenge and it's more of a mental thing and, and just seeing how far you can go and like without sleep or whatever. But, you know, obviously like something like one running hard rock one day would be amazing, you know, just beauty the whole time. <laughs> Although then there's like times when no matter what, how beautiful the course is, you're just like, oh my God, let this end. <laughs> so, you know, I guess you just have to kind of appreciate it for what it is. Or um, like I ran Bighorn this year, this past year, which is awesome. It's such a beautiful course. It's an out and back though. Um, and I did, my training sucked for it because I just moved here and it was a little hard. So like I, my peak mileage was 55 miles and like that wasn't, that was peak. I was running like 30 to 40 um, for just a few weeks before that. And at 55, that's when my legs just sh shut off and, and it was muddy and you're, you're out, it's an out and back. So now, you know, you're seeing stuff that you already saw, but it's in the dark and, and then it's daylight. And like, I just hate out and backs. I think of all of all of them. It's just an out and back. It's just like the worst, especially long out and backs. It's like a 50 mile out and back. Um, I think that's my least favorite. It's harder for me to break it down. Whereas like a loop, it's kind of just, I feel like I can mentally tackle that more. I don't know. Does it get to you mentally? Like the whole way out the whole time you're just thinking like, Oh my God, I have to go back. Like eventually. I'll no, it doesn't hit me till I'm coming back. And then I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, I don't remember this part being this long. You think like, Oh, you run out and you're like, that wasn't bad. Like yeah. there's only a couple major climbs and then you come back and you're like, Oh my God, there's like a, seven major climbs like what happened <laughs> yeah. uh, i don't know it's a really great race though bighorn is awesome it's in this remote part of wyoming um it's beautiful we saw a moose running through a field of wildflowers like sprinting it was insane <laughs> me cool. and this other girl from south carolina were like oh my god this is amazing and we're like all these people from Montana and they're like, yeah, whatever. You see that all the time. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so what was, you know, if you think back to like East Coast running and stuff, because I always try to like, I fell in love with trail running in Virginia and I miss it. I really like I'm in Colorado and it's it's hard not to like the views I even had this morning are like insane. But there's yeah. just something about running through like the Appalachian mountains and the hills and the roots and, and like you're getting spider webs in your face and all that. Like, yeah. I don't know, can you kind of like sort of compare the two, I guess? Um, no, it's just really different. I yeah. mean, yeah, you can, yeah, there's different sounds at night. Like I remember I've never done, have you done Massanutten? No, I didn't. I did uh Mount Masochist. That was yeah, the biggest okay. one. Same area, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, well, I've never done Massanat and I paced it and I remember pacing my buddy at night and they have the whippoorwills and it's so loud and just all kinds of bugs and it's just super loud in the forest at night in the East Coast. Like, I remember camping in West Virginia and it was deafening. Um, and then here it's like eerily quiet sometimes. Like there's crickets, but it's dead quiet at night. Um and I mean, obviously here there's things that can kill and eat you. <laughs> Whereas Pennsylvania, it's like only if you're run into like a weirdo in the woods or something, but like, there isn't there is like mountain lions really? Opinion. Although they're, yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I've talked to people who, you know, like uh, I think in um, Montana, they got to worry about grizzly bears or whatever in certain areas or Idaho. Um, but they just just they know it's there but like it doesn't they don't really think about it because they're just used to that and me i'm like always like i mean there's no grizzly bears here but you would worry about lion, mountain lions or running into a bear with cubs or something and it's new to me so i'm like much more hyper aware of it i think whereas like you know i used to run at 10 p.m around the philly like the loop in philly which is probably way more dangerous <laughs> And I was like, well, whatever, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I've never had a problem. Have you had any, um, like, weird animal stuff out here? Um, I've run into a bunch of moose this year, which I everyone says is probably what you have to worry about the most. It's like the, the, the scariest part was I ran into a moose. I was, like, 
I had it was I was in Idaho for a work trip and it was the day after and I had to travel to um I was going to Reno uh, after and so I did this, this trail run I wanted to go up I think it was Hindman Peak in um Idaho so I was like all right I'll take that trail up there and I was like a mile and a half into the trail and a moose was on the trail and I was like um I was playing music from my phone just kind of scare away like I thought bears or mountain lions just so like I wouldn't sneak up on anything luckily I I did because I think it heard me but it crashed through the woods and it only just stood off the trail it was huge its hind legs were taller than me like this is massive and I was like well I don't want to go right by it like I'm not gonna you know I mean the thing I could reach out and touch it it's not moving off the trail so I bushwhacked all the way around like the the opposite side of the trail to get around it. But I was pretty nervous because I was like trying to make sure I kept trees between me and like also maybe that it couldn't see me, although it can probably smell me. I don't know. But that, that was scary because I was like all by myself and I was like, there's no one here. Like, um, so that was probably the scariest encounter. Um, I mean, we saw a bear. We were, I was hiking with Ryan and our dog like up a trail here when we first moved here. And a bear went crashing up the hill, like uh, trying to get away from us. And like, it was huge, but it was already running by the time we noticed it. So they're pretty afraid of you. Um, but nothing else crazy. There was a mountain lion around here. We didn't see it, but they're around. So yeah, it's scary. Know. It is scary. Like I'm from the Midwest. I'm like nothing can kill you in the Midwest unless you like get kicked by a cow or something. Yeah, I know, I know. And, like, it's so unlikely, like, but, you know, you just know the one story of, you know. That's the thing. Yeah, whatever. That's what I'm trying to deal with. Like, you hear stories on the trails that you frequently go on, and you'll hear, like, one story that happened five years ago, but you still have to think about it. You're still like, oh, yeah. like, this is where that happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I heard something. I was running this, like, local loop by my house but i have to go super early in the morning and usually i do two laps and the first lap this was like three days ago i came i was coming towards the back to my car and i just heard this thing in the woods and i don't know what in the hell it was but it was like it sounded almost mountain lion-esque and i was like you know what Uh, i'm just gonna call it a day after one loop i'm gonna be smart And I wonder, like, I mean, they don't hibernate in the winter, and I feel like there's less food for them. So wouldn't we be more likely to be, like, attacked by a mountain lion in the winter? I know. Like, how how does that work? I don't know. I'm like, I probably should learn this, though, (laughs) now that I'm out here. Yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah. Phil, what do you worry about in the woods? The question is, what am I not worried about in the woods? (laughs) (laughs) No, um... I not not too much, but when I was uh, training for my hundred back in September, I was doing more like night running and, yeah. and that type of thing. And that was the first time I ever did something like that. And just the things you think you see or hear yeah. uh, can really creep you out. So yeah, yeah. that was my it, first experience with that. It's weird because like you're doing it in training and you're you know you're all by yourself. You think so much more about like what is that? What is that? But in a race, you're just like. It's somehow knowing other people are out on the course too. Like even if you're not near anyone, it's less scary. Like, yeah, it's definitely intimidating. Yeah. yeah. Phil, let me ask you this: as a big dude, like a big burly dude with a heart of gold, I, I have to ask: <laughs> when you are in the woods by yourself, right, and now you're coming along, and maybe someone's running in front of you, how do you like politely say like, "Hey"? Good day or whatever without Get out freaking of my them way. out. Yeah, without, without freaking them out. Do you have I, a strategy? I pick them up and I, I, Hulk, I Hulk smash them out of this trail. No. No, I mean, you just use like trail etiquette and you say like, you know, trail left or trail right or whatever. I mean, I, I try to be as, especially with like a looping type course or something like that. Like you'll, you'll see people out there multiple times and stuff. So you just try to be as polite as possible. Yeah. I've yeah. scared people though. Like I've come up behind them on like completely on accident. And I try to go like, <clears throat> like cough, you know, like, Hey, I'm yeah. right here. Ugh. I guess trail left would be way better. But anyways, I'm always like, excuse me. And then people have like jumped in the air and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm a nice guy. I promise. I That happens to me. I always feel like I make so much noise, like, yeah. you know, crashing through the trail. And then I feel like I'm breathing heavy and they can hear me. And, you still get up behind them and you're like, 
excuse me. And then they freak out if you say anything like, I don't know. And a lot of times people have headphones in and, you know, you're kind of like, well, shit, if you can't even hear me when I'm like saying left or right, you know, whatever, right behind you, then I'm like, that's what, that's why I try not to wear headphones in the trail. Yeah. But I mean, people do it all the time. Yeah. Well, Phil, that's what's dangerous is like, I mean, that's when I, I, I mean, you gotta worry about it anywhere is like a tree falling on you, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah, One of my buddies was hiking up a mountain and he had his headphones in and all of a sudden just a giant boulder like fell and it went within like five yards of him. And he's like, that was so dumb. I never put headphones in after that afterwards because I was like, oh my God. And I mean, sometimes, I mean, that if you're wrong place, wrong time, maybe that wouldn't like do anything, but at least you could hear like, you know, something would alert you to like, look around and yeah, that, yeah, there was definitely a lot of falling rock here and like sketchy thing. Like, I mean, even on the road here, you can see like a little pretty decent sized boulder and you're like, Oh, it's just lucky your car's not there at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you noticed like your training, like, have you adjusted, uh, based off of just being in Colorado? Because obviously you've had like this insane year and you know, it's just been like, I don't know. You've had one of the more epic years out of anybody last year. And do you think like part of that is from moving to Colorado or was that going to like naturally happen anyways for you? I don't. I, I think it made my re- year rougher because training was kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was an adjustment. We moved to another state. Um, the state we live at Durango's at six five, but we live at seven five. So, um, you know, training isn't the same. I feel slower. You have to just mentally adjust that you're never gonna see. Not never, but like I'm not gonna see sub sevens easily on doing any kind of speed work. It's like a lot harder. I mean, my normal pace sometimes is like 11 minute average for a trail run. And, um, which, and that's like trying, I don't know, like it's just, um, and and that's improved, but it was pretty hard. And so, and plus like, I miss being able to go to like races a lot and doing pretzel city sports races. You could do one every month and you do like a nice tune up and like a 15 K or 25 K or, or um, you could do the labor pains 12 hour, but there's not a ton of stuff like that in this area. So, you know, uh, I mean, I've done some really awesome local races like the Silverton Marathon, which is awesome. And like Telluride Mountain Run, which is like a lot of people's bucket list race. I've heard that's super cool. Yeah. 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 But they're all take like a huge toll on you. It's not like a easy recovery. It's much like running a 15K in like French Creek or something and you know it's 38 miles and you're like at above 11,000 feet for most of it it was rough I felt like I went through as many ups and downs for Telluride as I did in like 100 miler (laughs) um but yeah like miss like being able to jump into like a race you know and then Blues Cruise 50k all kinds of different any kind of like terrain or distance you want to run you could probably find something within an hour to two hours driving from you that's not that's not like here. I mean, there's stuff in New Mexico and in the winter is much more harsh here. So there's not really anything in the winter. Um, so like I missed that. <laughs> yeah, it does seem Phil. I mean, I, when I came out and you guys were showing me all the pretzel city stuff and just in the area you're in, it was something I felt kind of a little bit of like a, a like twinge of jealousy too. I'm like, Oh man, it just seems like such a cool trail community where you're seeing the same people at every single race and and it's happening quite often and things like that yeah i mean lots of things are said about uh race organizers or or running groups and stuff but um you know i don't i don't mean to keep hammering the nail home but um the pretzel city sports group uh with ron and helene horn they just their runs are incomparable to other runs like when you when you get together it's almost like a little like mini like homecoming or like, you know, it's it you, the, the people you're running with almost become like family, you know, and in, in any of those runs, I mean, even for someone like Maggie, I assume it's you're, you're not out to outdo anyone or there, there's no real competition. It's just it's competition with yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And um, every time you come through the pavilion or you see a familiar face or something, like everyone's just so encouraging and stuff. It's just a, it's, it's a really great, great race. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I, that's what Ryan and I do is we compare our times from past years. Cause you run the same race every year or, you know, and you get to see where you are based on how you did like three years ago or something. So mm-hmm. it's totally true. Cause I mean, it's really all who shows up like, you know, the, the guys that show up, um, some of the guys are really fast. So it's whoever shows up there, but like, you know, everyone else is just kind of like, they're just going cause it's fun Yeah, <laughs> and get this yeah. ridiculous trophy. If you win your age group or whatever. And like, um, there's no other race where, you know, one of the race directors, um, Helene is, is out on the course yelling the most ridiculous encouragements you've ever heard <laughs> shine your rainbows beautiful <laughs> rainbows or something I'm like, what um like i don't know just so fun like no matter how like grueling you you feel like it it is like then you lean somewhere yelling something like that and you're like oh <laughs> so wait you're telling me during the barkley marathons laz isn't out there yelling shine your rainbows no Oh. No, Bummer. Dang, that he's help. actually laughing at your pain and misery, <laughs> and telling you he is encouraging. Like he will encourage. Like you know, like you finish, and he's like, "Okay," he's like, "Save those pages so that you'll have a full five set of pages." You know, um, but he's never called you like a shining rainbow or something. <laughs> I, uh, I I wanted to ask something, Maggie, and I. It's it's selfish on my end, and um, I understand it's kind of it's kind of personal on your end. But um, you had the year that you had in 2019, right? And you're the champion of Big's Backyard Ultra, and um, now now that the Wolves have been released, now that you were crowned champion of Big's Backyard Ultra, how is your training going into this upcoming year? different than your training for last year well so far i got bronchitis uh, two days after christmas so i've done nothing like it's really frustrating actually Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i want to you know i don't i I mean i want an entry to the barclay from big so i'm i guess guaranteed entry if i applied correctly and so i'm in um, and I want to have I the best training. Yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to put too much pressure on you or have you, um, release any secrets or anything. I'm just saying the reason why I said it was kind of a selfish question on my part is, you know, Chris and I have done this stage race like the last two years. And mm-hmm. then I just got done running my first hundred right in September, which was something I never personally had any desire to do, but it's something that I did. Right. And after running that hundred, like not that my spark is gone or my fire is gone or like I'm done ultra running, but I'm like, I'm, I, I've experienced a certain level of like contentment where I'm just like running at the root of running should just be like enjoyable. And, you know, you can only go so hard or so long for so far. Like I I'm just so inspired by your level. Like when I, when I look at the Magnetron runs from 2016, right. And I'm, I'm seeing your dedication to the sport and I'm seeing your insight and your thought process and how you get through the suffering and stuff like that to me, it, like you showed what you could do back then. It's just that like in 2019, it's when it came to fruition and I'm just so inspired by that. And I just want you to like, I'm not saying you would need any sort of oomph or any sort of power or anything like that, but like, you just got to keep going because like now there's people out to like get that crown, you know? Mm. Well, I, so after 2016, 2017, I felt like it was a lull for me and I didn't love running as much. Um, so that's kind of like, like how you said, like you did your hundred and you're kind of like, okay, I'm very content. So like roll with that. Don't force yourself and think you need to go do something bigger or better or do it faster or whatever. Like just do what you like want to do. And I didn't do that, I think. And I kept trying to do like, oh, I think that this would be the next strategic thing in my running career. Like, and it's not, as soon as you treat it as like a running career, then it became not fun for me. 
So that's when I was like, well, I want to finally start attempting the Barkley and then make a bigs appeal to me. And so like, if I feel like if I chase goals that I, that are like appealing to me, then, then I, I don't know, like, you know, maybe if I, if I honestly, like if I finish Barkley, I don't think I'm going to keep going back, but maybe I will. I don't know if I ever finish. Um, Whereas like Jamel Curry said that he said he, even if he finishes, he thinks he'll just keep coming back because he just loves that. But that's how I feel about bigs. Like, okay, well I won last year, but like, okay, well, can I do it again? But even more importantly, like I enjoy that race and I want to be there with all those people that are like signed up and it's just more every year it gets more exceptional. So like to just see if we can, you need, it's almost like a team you need to go push yourselves. And there's more, I feel like I still have more unfinished business at bigs. So I like that's appealing to me. Um, so, I mean, that's how I keep, I just like, you know, keep finding goals. If there's not, I kind of feel like, um, well, like, so um, Alex Honnold, the guy that did the free solo uh, climb, you know, like, I feel like almost like, uh, I don't know him that well, but I follow him on social media and I read like everything I can on him. And um, he seems pretty content that he finished this thing. I mean, he's still pushing himself, but he's not doing things where it's like, oh my God, like I'm going to climb this with no ropes or something. Um, and which is kind of nice because it's like, okay, maybe you don't have to just keep seeking more and more death-defying things until one day, you know, it all goes wrong or something. But he seems to be enjoying the fact that he worked really hard for this goal and he achieved it. And now he can try like maybe different things, but still like, you know, hone his skill, but without that, like, you know, I have to wow the world type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're describing, like just doing something because you think it's the next step in like a career or whatever, like when it comes to athletes, like, I think that's dangerous, you know, like if you're just pushing yourself just because you think this is what you should be doing rather than like actually not even listening to your body, but like mentally enjoying something like you're going to face burnout. I have to imagine. Especially when like, I mean, I have a job and most, most people have a job, you know, there's rare people like Courtney that was able to quit teaching and just run. But, um, you still have to enjoy it. Like there's no coach ringing a bell in her face in the morning to wake her up and train, (laughs) you know, and she dealt with injury this year for the first time. And like, um, but um, I think she's pretty true to herself and, like, will pick goals she, like, you know, she, that appeal to her. Um, it's the sense I get. So, but, yeah, like, most people have jobs that are, like, competitive in the sport. So, you know, it's really hard to stay focused 100% on a goal and then also do your job. <laughs> yeah, well, especially if the goal that you're trying to focus on is something you're not really into or you're not, like, right. you know passionate about right. or something like that yeah then it just becomes a chore and it's not fun <laughs> yeah i actually think it's kind of exciting like you finish a big thing that you train so hard on and i think it's important to give yourself some time just to you know kind of soak it in and like figure out like what do i want to actually do next you know yeah um, like phil mentioned we ran our race the last two years and it was like the best most epic adventure ever and i'm like what's my next like what do i want to do this summer and for me personally, I'm like, I want to run a, a ultra through Iowa just because I'm from Iowa and I feel like that's important yeah. to me. And like, I want to get some friends involved and stuff. And like, is it, is it like, you know, Western States or, or something like that? Of course not. But it's like something that's meaningful and important to me. And I, I, I just, I like that you're saying that and like bringing that in because also, you know, uh, looking at your ultra sign up, you're signed up for bigs next year. And that was definitely a question we were, we were going to ask you, like, you know, once you accomplish your goal, which is funny with bigs being like open-ended, you know, it's like an open-ended yeah. goal, but like, what's the, the reason for going back, you know? Yeah. Well, one of the most fun things I did this year that I was so excited about was like, this route I did around Durango of like the seven major peaks that you can, you can all kind of hit from town or you can almost like all see them together. If you're standing on one of them, you can see most all those peaks. And, um, I did like, it was like a, it was almost a hundred K exactly. 
um, with like 13,000 feet of climbing. Um, and I did that one day and that was like training for bigs, but I was really excited about it. Cause like, you know, a coworker helped me put the course together. Um, and we mapped it out and then they met me at different places and like, um, that was super fun. Like it was my own course that I put together and I started at like, you know, 5am and took me 15 hours, but like, it was just like a fun day. And like, there wasn't, it's not a race. It's just, I did it. <laughs> That's like, I want to do more of that because since there's not a lot of races here, you can just kind of make your own thing up. <laughs> it just takes much longer than you think it's going to take here. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Add a few hours to whatever you think is, is the worst case scenario. <laughs> it's good for the ego though. Cause it's like, Hey, I'm going to go run 12 miles. It should take this long. And then an hour extra, you're like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. Well, the good thing is, like, if I'm gonna, I want to do it again next year. I, I should be able to beat, or this year. Um, you can only do it in a certain time of year because some of the peaks close for wildlife, so that they're closed now. But plus, you wouldn't want to do it with this much snow. But um, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure I can beat my time next year, so that'll be good. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I've been, I've been wrestling a lot with why. Maggie does what she does, why Chris does what he does, why why ultra runners are going out there and 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 testing themselves and challenging themselves and stuff like that and um I don't know, like it's a very independent um self-driven sport and I'm I'm just so inspired by what Maggie is doing and what she continues to do and just her level of like humbleness through it all you know like the fact that like you and i have the opportunity to be speaking with her right now um just goes to show like how humble maggie is in in, in all this like through all the things she's experienced you know yeah so maggie what is like why do you want to take barkley on i guess if that's like the next goal for you like why do you do what you do why do you why is that something that that like you know piece piece your interest well originally my my like my kind of experience with Barkley is like ever changing. Cause at first it's super mysterious, you know, now I've been there a yeah. couple of times and like, you kind of figure out like what it really is about or like what you need, what it might take to finish. But I mean, the fact that no woman's ever um, finished, you kind of like, well, okay, let's see what this is all about. But um now I think it's more like, I don't know if I can finish at all ever. So I'm going to maybe give this goal, I don't know, eight, however long he keeps letting me back in. And then I, if, as long as I don't start declining in performance, <laughs> um, or like if I just can only ever complete one loop every year, maybe eventually I'll be like, all right, well, this isn't going to happen for me, but like, obviously I want to give it a good try, you know, at least like maybe this is like a five-year project or I don't know. I mean, it took Andrew Thompson 10 years to finish. Um, but the fact that I don't know if I can ever complete this goal is kind of interesting. Cause like I know most hundred milers, even if I have a bad day, I'm pretty sure I can struggle through the cutoff. Like, so when you go to a hundred miler, unless you like for some disaster reason, you decide to quit. I, I think I can complete any hundred miler in the country, you know? Like even hard rock, like if, if you just keep going, I think I can complete it. But like Barkley is not, it doesn't matter how bad I want to continue. Like you just might not be able to, you know, I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's, what's like the most intriguing. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, that's his whole idea, right? Like if it's not something that is, he tries to make everything like as near to impossible as possible yeah you know? and and that he's like his philosophy is that's that makes it a goal worth fighting for and worth trying to attain yeah yeah and it i almost like can't think about the people who have failed who are like exceptional athletes um so yeah, i don't get them but... out of your minds <laughs> <laughs> i know like his gary robbins can fail epically you know, get so close and there's no way in like a normal 50 K 50 mile or a hundred mile or I would ever be anywhere near Gary. So I think you just, 
kind of have to think about yeah, but wasn't, that all these factors are equalizers. So maybe it's doable. I don't know. Maggie, wasn't wasn't your philosophy going to bigs for 2019? Just like I'm, I'm not going to stop. Yeah, yeah, that was simple. Like yeah. that, I felt like I had more, like I have more confidence that I can maybe do that again next year at bigs. I have no reason to be confident, Barkley, that I'm going to like get a fun run even. So, um, no, I, but I I'm going to try. They're two, two different like mentalities, but like, oh, totally. Every, every, every time I've heard you speak about bigs, it's like. I just knew like lap one, like I just wasn't going to stop. Like, I mean, I'm just so inspired by that. And I understand there are two different philosophies for two different types of races, but I, I just think that like anyone who's willing to start something has the possibility to finish it, you know? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I have anybody... to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, I just think, I don't know anyone who goes into Barkley that has like confidence that they're going to finish any given year is dumb. <laughs> is it like it's it's the same it's the same as like a pretzel city sports race though right like it's all about like who who signs up and who who's there um (laughs) no i mean i feel like biggs is just such an equalizer like it doesn't matter who shows up it's just matters all about you and how you approach it whereas like barkley it's you against the course so i don't really think of that and then where it's like um i don't know like a um Lake Sonoma 50 miler. That's almost who shows up. Okay. So like, mm. I'm, I'm never going to beat like Yo Wang on that course. Like she's just such a speedster, you know, unless someone blows up or something, but, um, yeah. So they're all just, just like three different things. It's like mm. the course and the conditions have so much to do with it. Your mindset or just who else shows up is kind of like a yeah. three different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the just the legends from Barkley, though, you know, like the successes mm-hmm. and the fails, like they're just legendary with that race. I don't yeah. know what it is about it and the mystique and the mystery around it, but I don't know. It's just it's awesome. It's awesome to even like it gets me excited to even just think about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I just loved following that race so much and. Um, I'm like super grateful to get another opportunity to go back. Cause like, you just think, I, I know that I, I know a few people, I know a lot of people that have applied a lot or applied this year or, and haven't gotten in. Then I'm just like, wow, they could really kill it if they could only get a chance. And I have a chance and like, so I try not to squander it. Also, I mean, I've had bronchitis since like before Christmas and I'm getting worried that if I can't be, full swing training by February that I might have to withdraw. Cause like, I'm like thinking about how I have 11 weeks left to train or something like starting on the 13th or 12 weeks or whatever. Um, and I like think about two years ago when I started in December and I looked at the mileage I did in the vert. Um, so yeah, it is, you know, I want to be a hundred percent going into it or I want someone else to have a chance. Yeah. That makes sense. So, what's what's like the uh, like common way to train for it? Well, everyone does a ton of vert. Yeah, and focuses on vert and vert. I'm gonna make sure I try not to get too super slow because, like, I mean, depending on the hill you do, I mean, sometimes it's just you can only hike it. So, um, keeping up some of the intensity uh, when you're running up the hills. I think important and also maybe just maintaining speed on flat so you can run between you know the runnable parts um so i'm gonna worry less also i don't have a treadmill anymore we moved here and i gave it to my friend andrew who is making really good use of it um but i don't have that treadmill so you know you can't just hop on and do three thousand feet um and also like you know, if I go outside and do the hill behind my house and just do repeats there, yeah, I'm probably not going to get 3,000 feet in uh, an hour or whatever it used to take me. Um, but I think it'll still be valuable because it's you're outside um, and you're going up and down. So I think I will just worry less about the vert number this year and not be so obsessed with, like, I must get 30,000 feet of vert this week or anything. So, um I don't know. Hopefully I can run. I can't do any kind of cardio without 
coughing up a lung right now. So oh, it's super annoying. Yeah. I mm-hmm. bet. And I know, yeah, it's it, when you're, when running's your like outlet too, and then something prevents it, you're like, Oh, this is the worst. Yeah. And I feel like I just, maybe I should just fly home. Cause I feel like it's what 70 degrees there or something. Like, <laughs> probably like 80 something percent humidity. Like here it's dry. It was two degrees this morning. It's not helping. That's I was trying to tell Phil that this summer. That's the thing about being out here that I'm not adjusted to is just how dry it is. Yeah. You know? And I, wake I miss up, the humidity. I wake up every morning. I feel like I'm hungover because of the dryness. <laughs> you should get a humidifier. We got one and I think it's helped. But yeah, I think I don't know. We're just not used to it or something. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Um, So to to wrap up real quick, like, Phil, do you have any like quick questions or anything we didn't cover or talk about or anything like that because maggie i don't want to take up too much of your time i know you got like a a busy saturday morning you know and if you couldn't tell of not exercising (laughs) i was hyped up on like coffee all all morning and you know all that so yeah you guys you guys gotta go enjoy a run or something for me (laughs) yeah no, I, I total, uh, total selfie, selfish question, but, um, Maggie, I'm actually running the Funt 50 K next weekend. Yeah. So, uh, I know you've run that previously. Any tips for, uh, for, a um, there? so you're doing the 50 K. Yes. Okay. Well don't go into the hall at all. <laughs> Between. <laughs> all right. yeah. That's why I started signing up for, I've done the 50 K bunch. And then I would, in the last few years, I always just did the 25 K cause I, yeah. Well, I can tell you why I think it's more fun to do the 25K. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But yeah, like if you honestly, though, it's for fun. So if you feel like you want to stop and just hang out with your freaking friends after 25K, do that. But yeah. if you really want to do the 50K, don't stop at the, the hall at all. Yeah. <laughs> just keep going. No, I, um, I've seen I've seen pictures from like years past and it looks like it's just like a really great time. And it's awesome. It's one of my favorite races. Yeah, I mean, people are all dressed up in like costumes and stuff, and I'm like, I've never been much of like a, a costume runner. I don't really get the whole. Oh yeah, I know. Behind that. But um, <laughs> it, it just looks like it's a really fun time, so I'm looking forward to that. I mean, the weather is either like, well, I don't know. It looks like the weather's trending pretty nice for you guys. Um, uh-huh. But I mean, it's been like eight degrees and like knee deep snow to like freezing rain to like actually semi-warm so yeah I mean, if, it was being run, if it was being run today or tomorrow people would be dropping because of like the heat or something because it's like yeah i know it's not nuts what the yeah. hell well there's tailwind on course so you'll be fine all right <laughs> i sent carl a bunch of tailwind um and yeah i missed that race i wanted to try to time it so i could come back for that maybe okay. next year but um they already they already have the uh, the sign up for like 2021 and it's like practically like sold out already. I know he's nuts. Yeah. People like probably get so confused, being like, "Oh, it's open," <laughs> and then they're like, "Wait, I signed up for a year from now." <laughs> yeah, well, I was, so, um, I was so jelly. I was so jelly last year because like last year when the you ran it last year in 2019 and like they posted the registration with like a day or two of, of the race and it, yeah. it sold out. Like I, I, I jumped on it right away. So. It's so crazy. There's also like really nothing around that time. Um, I mean, the course is pretty easy, you know, it's just like a lot of running cause it's just so runnable, but yeah. it's, it's a great race. If I may, Carl, if, Carl's awesome. So <laughs> if I may get one more pretzel city, uh, sports stick, uh, I believe Rachel and I are going to be running chili cheeks, uh, the 11 K at the end of January. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Cause I know that always switches from February to January and that chili cheeks and ugly mother switch. Yeah, and um, that, well, those, those races conflicted with Funt last year. Anyway, Chris, yeah. need to be No, I want to know this, Phil. If it's called Chili Cheeks, are you going to wear those American flag shorts? Uh, I may have to. I don't know. I might have something else up my sleeve. It's also <laughs> Helene's birthday, so we, I got to do something extra. Oh. oh, you do. That'll be awesome. I'm sure she'll yeah. post pictures. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. All right, that's all for that's all for me. All from Phil. Well, Maggie, I want to say thank you. This has been awesome, and like, like Phil said, we just like look up to you. I felt like a worry because I I I was thinking this morning. I'm like, I hope it's just not me and Phil just being like, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like Wayne's World style. But uh, but yeah, so thank you for coming on. Um, where can people kind of like find more info about you or follow your adventures and, and things like that? Um, I'm on Facebook, but I mostly like post stuff on Instagram regularly. Yeah. Um, it's not very exciting now because I, I just have bronchitis. So. Um, but it's at Magatron Runs. Um, on Instagram. It's the same on Twitter, but I'm never on Twitter. So. And it will be exciting soon because you are going to just kick bronchitis's ass in like the yeah. next week. I'll That's post a lot of treadmill selfies of me because I think I'll <laughs> stay indoors for a while and try to get back into it. Nice. Um, but for sure, yeah, it'll get more exciting. For now, it'll just be Titus pictures. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, like I said, we really appreciate it. I would... I would be super honored to talk to you again after at some point, you know, in the future. So sure. Well, you know how to find me. So yeah, anytime. Yeah. Awesome. Phil, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Happy new year to you both. Via satellite. It's delayed. Yeah. yeah I know. I was just like, Phil just looked at us for like two minutes. So <laughs> that wraps up the show. Um, thank you, Maggie, so much for coming on. Uh, like I said, we'll be rooting you on all year long and, and really with whatever you decide to take on. Um, because I, I really like that part of the conversation. Um, it's important to just do something you're passionate about because otherwise that pa you're going to lose that passion, you know? And Phil, I feel like that is something that we've, me and you, like I've intentionally said no to certain things because it wasn't something that really like stoked my interest. And especially for me and you, like we have, we're busy, like, and a lot of people in ultra running can probably relate. Like we have jobs, we have significant others, you know, we have kids and, and all that stuff. And you got to like intentionally you know, seek out the events that you really actually want to do. 100%, man. We only have, we only have so much energy in the, uh, in the battery. We only have so much, um, effort to give to our intentions. And, um, I just, I just draw so much inspiration from Maggie, all that she's accomplished, all that she's continuing to strive for. And, um, I'm just, it was a great opportunity to have to speak with her and, um, she definitely has her mind in the right headspace. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, so I got to call you out, man. You avoided my yep. question about nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I really haven't had all too many. You got a good last nicknames. name. You have a good, if you have a good last name, you avoid nicknames. That's my theory. Like, I'm sure people were like, yo, Pinty, you know, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when when you're in the military, your your last name is on your name tag, like so you're you automatically just get called. Like I, I was known as Pinty, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just kind of went by Pinty or something. I mean, yeah, not not too many nicknames. No, you have any nicknames growing up? Um, so my wife and my beautiful middle child, who's three and a half, which by the way, not an easy age, Phil. I, I mean, I know you've mm. experienced this, but uh. But yeah, Lindsay, what was my <laughs> nickname in rugby? What was Dad's nickname in rugby? Was she, it hee haw? She, it was it was, was hee haw. Like the off-brand Mountain Dew. <laughs> no, wait, really? Yes, isn't that why they named you that? No, they they looked at me one day and they're like, "Hey, new guy," and I'm like, "Yeah." You look like a donkey. And no, no, they're like, "Are you from Muscatine, Iowa?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, isn't that where cousins date each other? Your name's Hee Haw. And I was like, that's how I got the nickname? Oh, I thought it was because of the, like, the Hy-Vee brand of Mountain Dew. No, no. I'm, that's a mildly better way. But they were just like, your name's Hee Haw now. And I'm like, okay, uh, thank you. And like, you know, it's kind of an honor to get a nickname in rugby. But I kind of wanted like a good story behind it, you know. But there was like, yeah. there I was. I mean, we are cousins. <laughs> We are not cousins. No. Oh my god. No. Zoe, forget that. We I'm not Okay. <laughs> She's just looking at me. Um No, we're definitely not. Oh my god, Lindsay. Thank thank you for joking. Uh but there was like whole generations of University of Iowa rugby, not generations, but like years who didn't know my actual name. Mm -hmm. They only knew me as Hee Haw. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, so you go mm -hmm. back and I'll see some of the younger guys 
and I don't. Th- I truly don't know if they know my actual full name. Yeah. Huh. Oh, I know your name, Chris Ward. <laughs> Not hee-haw. <laughs> or Chris Ward. Chris Sword and Phil Vinti are going to be, uh, yeah, you know, showing up in some Hollywood shows in the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, so that's my, that's honestly, because I had a last name too, it was Ward. So people were just like, what's up, Ward? I'm like, okay, I guess this is my nickname, question yeah. mark. But, but yeah. Yeah. Not as cool as Magatron. Magatron's a pretty badass nickname pretty sweet pretty pretty yeah. sweet yours would just be the rise of pinty doesn't sound as good <laughs> <laughs> um yeah man any other like closing thoughts closing thoughts yeah well my closing uh, thoughts my phone with is at phil two... pinty closing thoughts my phone battery is at two percent right now so i'm gonna try to keep this short okay just go We're until it into cuts a... you off <laughs> yeah <laughs> We're heading into a brand new year. I know everybody says it time and time again, but I mean, this is the time to uh, lay out our goals for 2020. And I would much rather set forward goals that are in some eyes, maybe unachievable than get to the end of 2020 with any sort of regret. So I say, if there's anything out there that you want to accomplish this year, anything you need to change, anything you need to adopt to your skill set, now's the time to get on it. And uh, only the best for you and yours in 2020. Nice, man. That's the perfect way to wrap yep. it up. Thanks, Phil. Uh, we'll we'll get back to you yes, at sir. some point, my friend, I'm sure. Alrighty, man. All right. See you, dude. Thanks again, Chris. Yeah. See All you, right. man. Later.